0: Superman is an amazing, awe-inspiring superhero, but he can sometimes be a tough character to relate to. But the latest version of The Man of Steel, found in this show, Superman and Lois, is one worth checking out. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Instead of the usual look at a top tech story, my producer, Brian Van Gelder, and I are going to do something fun and fanboy over a relatively new show that we both adore. Now, that's Superman and Lois which just wrapped up its first season on the CW Network and is heading to HBO Max later this month. Uh, it's flown on the radar, so we want to talk about why this is worth your time, why you want to check it out. We'll, we'll go into some light spoilers, but we really want to just focus on why we enjoy this show. So, Brian, uh, just to start things off, why don't, uh, why don't you tell me a
1: little bit about how big of a Superman fan you are? Um, I mean, I'm a comic book fan... By and large, uh, but I was a DC kid growing up. You know, like, they always talk about Marvel versus DC, which is a fight I absolutely cannot stand because it's apples and oranges, man. You know, you got science fiction and you got science fantasy. Marvel's men trying to be gods, and DC is gods trying to be men. Yeah, a bunch of them still wear capes, but they're very different. They're very different. But I I grew up on Green Lantern and Batman, and then Superman got peppered in there because, like, what kid didn't watch the Richard Donner Superman movies? And then My grandma had old tapes of the Fleischer Superman cartoons, and then Mm -hmm, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, I'm 35 now, so I grew up with the Bruce Timverse, you know? We got Batman the Animated Series, New Adventures of Superman, Batman Beyond, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, on and on and on and on. Those were my defining superheroes, right? You know, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, those are the voices I hear in my head when I read Batman and Joker comics. And Tim Daly or George Newbern; those are the ones that I hear in my head when I read Superman. It's just that simple, you know. It was so ingrained that I, you know, you couldn't help but love Superman a little bit, right?
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm a diehard fan. I mean, the you mentioned the Christopher Reeve uh, version of Superman, that that original film, just like it hit the perfect point where I was just young enough. That like I truly believed he was flying, and it just left a huge, huge impression. I've been a long, long time Superman fan. Like I've watched pretty much every incarnation, including Lois and Clark, which retroactively is kind of cheesy to rewatch, but still enjoyable. Like all the versions of Superman, uh, I've I've enjoyed. And now we've got Superman Lois, which I think flew under the radar for a lot of folks. Um, you know, we actually asked around at CNET uh, for folks who would want to jump on this episode to talk about it, and we we could not find one person who has completed the first season or has even watched the show. And and, and this is this is comic book geek central, and so um, it's why I want to talk about this. But I, I'm curious for you, Superman Lois, how is this different? Why is this worth your time for our listeners who you know who may not have even heard this show?
1: I think that it has done a really great job effectively distancing itself from its legacies, from the Lois and Clarks to the Smallville. Not to discredit those at all, but you really want to rehash the same thing. That's what I was afraid of. I thought Superman and Lois was going to be you know, Berlanti's spin on Lois and Clark and it's not at all. Lois and Clark was a a good show on its own well acted, pretty well written. It was corny. It was the nineties, but (laughs) you know, it was, it was a melodrama. It was a soap opera. So it was more about the relationship and this show presents itself forward as being a little more plot driven, a little more action driven, but it still got that heart deep down and I don't think it gets enough credit for that because I think the strongest part about this show is its character development and writing.
0: Yeah, this is – for me, this is a – it's almost like a mashup between Friday Night Lights and, you know, your standard comic book show. And not just because football plays an element, right? But Friday Night Lights, I thought, was a great show in terms of how it focused on character, focused on human interactions. Like, real humans and not folks that you would find in a typical CW drama, right? They They actually acted like real-life people who talked and communicated – I think that's one of the biggest strengths for me. of The show is that this focus is less on you know fighting crime or averting disaster, and is really more about this family dynamic, right? And I think that's that's why I feel like the the showrunners here really cracked the nut with Superman, because so often he is portrayed as a god, as someone who's unapproachable. It makes him unrelatable. You know, as a character, right? I think most folks gravitate towards Batman because they can sort of see themselves realistically, you know, if you had like a billion dollars or something, you could you could sort of become Bruce Wayne. You can't be Clark Kent. You can't be Superman uh, unless you're an alien. But I think the, the, the focus on family, making him not just a superhero but a father – and a husband and one who doesn't necessarily do all the right things all the time who struggles with this i feel like that that's where at least for me the show really took off like as as a as a it sort of breathed new a breath of fresh air into the franchise into this character because he's always seen as perfect and like in the show he's not he makes mistakes he struggles as a father uh, and as a father of two boys, just like Superman in this show, I can 100% relate. And I think that's, that's for me, is, it just sort of hit, it sets itself apart from every other version of Superman that's
1: been out there. There's a big, big appeal for anybody in the parental space, uh, I gotta <laughs> yeah. say. No, for real though. Like, it is definitely focused on what it means to grow up. Uh, you know, it's not fully on a coming of age story. There's definitely some of that in there, but. They make Superman very attainable, like you said. He's depicted as a god. If you watch the Zack Snyder movies, which I don't want to just come in here and dunk on them, they're flawed, right? In this, Superman himself is flawed. He shows his humanity more than anything else while he struggles to come to terms with his alien legacy. Without giving away too many spoilers, that's that's the best takeaways. Because you can, even though the guy can fly, punch through steel, and shoot lasers out of his eyes, you watch him and you go. Yeah, you know what? I might have made that same decision in this horrible situation about my kid being in trouble in school mm-hmm. and I would feel exactly how he feels right now.
0: And yeah, you know, the what I like about it is they they preserve that the fact that he is, you know, morally pure, that he is he is essentially a boy scout in many ways and they kind of even kind of jokingly play off of that, but that doesn't mean he's perfect, which is which is great. Like he makes mistakes, and they're relatable mistakes. They're like mistakes you would make as as a as a father, as a human, and that that's kind of great. Um, I'm gonna butcher his name, Tyler Hoechlin. What do you think of uh, Tyler Hoechlin's portrayal of Superman and Bitsy Tullock's portrayal of Lois?
1: Uh, so Tyler Hoechlin has got to be my favorite iteration of Superman since the Bruce Tim animated shows, The Adventures of Superman, mm. uh, he's got the right tone, he's got the right physicality, he, he's got the right uh, timbre and ambiance, I, I don't know, I'm getting real heady with this one, but man, <laughs> he hits the tone right on the head because you feel like it's just a dude who was raised to just do what he thinks is right and try to be nice to everybody, which sounds so lame on paper, but you watch this guy in effort and it's like, man, I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling, that, that that emotion that he conveys in his eyes when people don't trust him, you know, for any number of reasons that happen throughout the show. It destroys him inside, and that's, that's that humanity we're talking about, and he portrays it so well, but he also, the most important part, he doesn't let him get it down, or doesn't let it get him down. You know, again, not to dunk on him, but the Snyder movies, I really like Cavill. I think Cavill needs another opportunity to take a shot at the Superman character, but at the end of the day, He's crybaby Superman, right? This guy is not crybaby Superman.
0: <laughs> right, right. It's that optimism, that hope that I talked about, that, that Boy Scout mentality. It's there, but it's not done in a way where it's unapproachable. Like, it, 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 it's it's all mixed in. It's all grays there. Uh, I personally, I, I love Lois' character, uh, Bitsy Tulloch. She does a great job with it, uh, with with. The portrayal, and what I love about it is she has her own almost side plot where it's very journalism focused. And as a reporter, I obviously am biased here, but I, I really appreciated that there was like some discussion about journalism and ethics and and how you approach a story. Uh, and it was accurate. And it was pretty accurate. Yeah, I mean, there were some things where she went in and she stirred things up like a, like a TV journalist would do, but. That was those were some rare exceptions. In general, like she and like this other character that she uh, that she works with, that's almost like a like to the side of the main plot, really till the end. Like it, it works really well for me.
1: For my money, Bitsy Tullock is the best Lois Lane I've ever seen put to screen. Wow, putting it out there. I'm sorry, Margot Kidder, <laughs> you set the bar, but like Sean Connery's uh, James Bond. You know uh bitsy Tullock's uh roger moore has risen through the ranks and come out on top and uh you know don't don't hang me out to dry on that one I, i'm allowed to have my opinions but bitsy Tullock, after watching amy adams sorry amy i can't stand your weepy whiny lois lane <laughs> watching bitsy Tulloch come in and l- almost literally kick open the door of like a board meeting which as you said that would never happen in real life but i'm not here for real life i'm here for awesome journalism butt kicking and <laughs> i would watch a spin-off of just uh tullock's lois lane doing investigative journalism
0: yeah yeah it almost felt like there was that element of like this again it was like a b plot or b story that was in there and linked up with everything at the end but yeah it was it was uh as fascinating as riveting as some of the, the main stuff it was an interesting part for me that there is i mean they clearly spent a lot of money on the special effects and the show looks fantastic it doesn't look like uh some of those other cw comic book shows and i'm not ragging on them because i watch those as well but um you yeah. It was funny, with all the focus on you know, the action, the superhero stuff, the fighting, I found the most compelling moments were really the, the family moments. The and, and I wanted to talk about the boys, Jonathan and Jordan. You know, s- spoiler, one of them gets powers. This is really the first episode of the of the show, but one of them gets powers, one of them doesn't. But I think they're, they're one of my favorite aspects, because they're, they're like two twin brothers who... Could be like your your sort of stereotypical drama teenage boys character teenage boy characters who get into these kinds of conflicts that only happen on TV, but they're actually they're real they're human they talk they get into conflicts, but then they talk it over and they they get over and they're always supportive of each other. It's one of my favorite
1: dynamics of the show. I agree with you one hundred and ten percent. And for the record, when it's uh, conflict in TV form—it's known as hijinks. That's the technical term. <laughs> so those kids, yeah, they—they, they, uh, man, I could go on for a long time about this, but the kids are written so well they could easily have passed off and being like, "Oh, Superman's got two sons," and we've seen Superman have kids before in the comics, right? Mm-hmm. That's not new. There's a current run with the Jonathan Kent um, successor child who actually just came out as gay in the comics, which I thought was oh. pretty revolutionary. Oh wow! But the kids in the show. They could easily have passed him off as, like, oh, the, the popular pretty boy, uh, preppy uh, athlete kid, and then, like, oh, the sad goth kid who goes to Hot Topic. And that's <laughs> not the case at all. They're not cliched. They they, they have very real reactions, well-written reactions to, to the conflicts. You know, the brothers get in a fight, and there's no cheesy, like... Scrubs esque music montage where they crossfade in between somebody crying in the rain. You know, they he picks himself up, gets up, dusts himself off, and goes, "Look, I'm sorry, I was mad. Uh, can you forgive me? You know, let's go hang out with our friends at the party and like just get over this because we're teenagers and that's what teenagers do." Right. It's handled really well. Yes, the these kids and they're you know they're not like I hate my mom, I hate my dad kind of cliche. There's none of the cliches. Well, I mean, there's a little bit of cliche. It is still a a Berlanti show, but it's it's really really good.
0: Yeah, so there are a lot. There's a lot to like about this show. We've as we've clearly talked for like the last you know ten plus minutes. I'm curious why you you think you know th- there are a, we're we're sort of in this peak era of comic book shows. You know beyond you know shows like The Flash and Supergirl that, that are on the CW as well. There's obviously a ton of D- Disney Plus shows like the falcon and winter soldier loki right now what if this show has as i said at the beginning has kind of flown under the radar folks don't really even know it exists or are even willing to give it a shot and like i've talked to a number of folks even on staff who are hardcore comic book fans and even dc and superman fans and still won't really watch this one i'm curious what you think that is and like all that attention is on, is it just because Marvel sucked up the oxygen when it comes to,
1: to the attention span of everyone? I think there's three major tent poles with this. Part of it is, yeah, you can blame a little bit on Marvel, but you really can't because they're just telling their stories too. But I think the audience at large, and myself included as like a big-time comic book geek, uh, is feeling um, fatigue. I, I think there's a lot of superhero movie fatigue. That's why you're seeing... People like Marvel kind of finally break the mold and get out of the box, and we're getting things like Shang-Chi. And, you know, even WandaVision was a great example where it's like, this doesn't feel, this isn't a superhero show. No one's flying around blowing up buildings in a cape. What is this? It's like, oh, no, it's just comic book mythos. It's telling modern mythology in a unique way with colorful characters that are very memorable. So the fatigue thing is weighing in. I think it's also suffering because of broadcast schedules, you know, Unfortunately, they did also suffer due to pandemic lockdowns, and there were giant hiatuses that they had to deal with, and that's just the circumstances. People don't know that necessarily, so they go to tune back in on Wednesday night to see the show, and it's not there for three weeks. They forget about it. You know, our attention spans as humans is minuscule at best.
0: Yeah, definitely. And the fatigue thing is real. The just if you look at the comic book shows that are on the CW, right? I mentioned the Flash, Supergirl. What is it, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, Batwoman. There are a number of these shows, Black Lightning, like there, and 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 there, a lot of these other shows, and I think that's why this one stands out. Is they all kind of follow the same uh, formula or format. Like it, it's you know the big superhero, the front person, like uh, like the Flash, and then there's a supporting cast, and they all kind of work together to fight the villain of the week, and it's it's very easy to be fatigued by that, especially since there are so many different iterations of the show, but.
1: And they all cross over and meet and mismatch and mulligan and reboot and all this. And I think people get a little daunted by that. Even I, as a self-proclaimed fan, watched the first couple seasons of Flash, and then I never really got in the green arrow. Um but I was going to give it another shot, but then all of a sudden we got Legends of Tomorrow, we got Supergirl, we got (laughs) uh, Black Lightning, and all these other, and I'm just like, I can't keep up with this. I literally don't have enough hours in my week, so I kind of, like, backed off. But I also think another part of that is Superman doesn't have the greatest reputation right now, you know? People aren't happy with the Snyderverse at large scale. Um, We haven't seen a truly fantastic iteration of Superman in a while. People keep trying to do, you know, the jokey version in the cartoons, and then like the way, way, way too serious version in the movies, and this kind of lands right in the middle.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, like I said, if you are in any way a DC or Superman fan, do yourself a favor and check it out. If you're in the US, you can can access it, I think via the CW app right now, Uh, and I think in about two weeks, it'll show up on HBO Max, so if you're a subscriber there, you can check it out. Um, But otherwise, worth worth your time. Thank you for hearing us uh, on this Labor Day holiday. Uh, we figured we'd just do something fun and different. Uh, if you have any questions or suggestions for other topics you want us to tackle, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge. Or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash dailycharge. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.